0: Welcome to AMP's Simplifying Super podcast, the podcast that calls on the knowledge of AMP's experts to help demystify the often complex world of superannuation and retirement. My name's Adam Masters. I'm a content manager at AMP and the host of Simplifying Super. In this episode, we talk to Fabian Bussoletti, a technical strategy manager at AMP and all round expert on all things super. In an earlier podcast, we talked to Fabian about how to get money into super. In this episode, he'll tell us about how to get money out of super. Welcome again, Fabian. Thanks, Adam, and it's great to be back. So I've made super contributions during my working life, or my employer has been contributing to super on my behalf. I want to pull my money out of super.
1: Can I do it? I mean, it is my money after all. Well, yes, Adam, it is your money, um, but you might not be able to access it just yet. (laughs) Why not? Well, it's no surprise that superannuation is designed as a way or a vehicle to save for someone's retirement. We've discussed this in one of our earlier podcasts. And in other podcasts, we've discussed some of the incentives available to encourage Australians to use superannuation as their vehicle of choice to save for their retirement. But the flip side of that is that there are some restrictions on when we can access our superannuation benefits. And these restrictions are largely targeted at or around an individual's retirement. Okay, so when can I then access my super? Well, typically the earliest that we can access our super is from the time we reach our preservation age. Um, And and someone's preservation age might be different for different people. Uh, It's largely based on your date of birth, but it will fall somewhere between age 55 and 60. And that again, depends on when you were born. But simply reaching your preservation age by itself won't necessarily give you unlimited access to your super. You'll also need to meet the definition of being retired. Um, And whether your circumstances mean you're retired or not will depend on, again, your age and and, and what's transpired. So, for example, um, if you've reached your preservation age and you've permanently retired from the workforce, then you've got unlimited access to your super, you're considered as being retired. Um, Once you reach age 60, it's a bit easier to meet the retirement definition, if you like, because from 60 onwards, you don't have to be permanently retired. Uh, As long as you've ceased an arrangement of employment, uh, or self-employment for that matter, and that happens after you turn age 60, you'll then have unrestricted access to your super um, in in that age bracket. Once you reach age 65, regardless of whether you're working or not, um, you're generally considered to be retired. Um, So whether you're working or not, you, you are generally able to access or have unlimited access to your super from age 65.
0: So what about someone who hasn't retired yet? Does
1: this mean that there's no way that they can access their super at all? Well, not necessarily. Um, There are some rules built into the system that allow someone to access their super early in certain circumstances. So for example, someone can access their super if they're permanently incapacitated, if they're in financial hardship, severe severe financial hardship, or if they need to access their super on compassionate grounds. Okay, good that you say that. Can you give us an example of what
0: then actually constitutes Compassionate Grounds?
1: Of course. Um, Look, a recent example uh, of Compassionate Grounds is is the measure that allows those impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic to access up to $10,000 from their super before 31 December 2020. Um, But it could also involve someone withdrawing an amount from their super to prevent foreclosure on their mortgage uh, or to cover certain medical treatments. Okay, so I've heard
0: of this thing in passing. I think it's called transition to retirement. I'm not exactly sure
1: what this is. Could you just spell out what that means for me and for our listeners? Well, we mentioned preservation age earlier, um, and I mentioned that simply reaching this milestone age by itself um, is not going to be enough to give you unlimited access to your super. But once you reach your preservation age, even if you are still working, the transition to retirement rule is effectively a release rule that allows you to convert some or all of your super balance into a pension and draw down a portion of your super balance in the form of an income or or, or pension payments. Now, these rules were originally intended to help people to gradually ease into retirement by say, for example, reducing their working hours But at the same time, allowing them to draw down on some of their super to replace the lost income that they might have experienced as a result of the reduction in their in their work hours. That's interesting. Um, I'm wondering then how much uh, or what
0: portion of the super then can be accessed under these arrangements?
1: Well, even though under the transition to retirement rules, you're using your super to commence a pension, it is a little bit different to how a retirement pension works. And mainly because when you commence a transition to retirement income stream or transition to retirement pension, you can only withdraw up to 10% of the balance. And you're typically not allowed to take a lump sum from these pensions, at least not until you've met a retirement definition a little bit later on in life. Okay, let's do a hypothetical here then. So say, for example,
0: I meet one of these conditions of release. Can I take my super as a lump sum or do I have to take it as a pension?
1: It really depends. Uh, and it depends on which condition of release you've met. Um, but at, but and I mean, as we typically are, we, we're often talking about retirement and the retirement conditions that we've dis, we described earlier. Um, in these retirement scenarios, you do have a choice as to whether you take a lump sum, a pension, or in fact, you choose to take a combination of the two. Um, the decision that you make as to whether you take a lump sum or a pension will, will largely be driven by what your needs for that money are. So if you need to make a repayment on the mortgage, for example, then a lump sum is likely to be a desirable option. Um, On the other hand, if you're looking for your super to start providing you with a regular source of income in retirement, then using your super to start a pension might be more appropriate. Are there any differences in the way that these options are actually taxed? Well, to try and summarise the differences in tax can be a little bit complex because it varies on a few different factors, but I'll try and provide a a bit of an overview at least. Um, The amount of tax payable on your super withdrawals largely depends on your age, as well as whether you take the withdrawal as a lump sum or a pension to an extent. Um, But if we start with the easy part um, and consider someone who is 60 years of age or older, whether you access your super as a lump sum or as a pension, the proceeds from 60 onwards are are tax-free. And so that's relatively straightforward for us to get our heads around. On the other hand, if you're able to access your super after you've reached your preservation age, but before you turn 60, then the taxable component of your super benefits might be subject to tax. Now, if you receive your benefit as an income stream, then any of this taxable portion, um, the taxable portion amounts of your pension payments, they'll be taxed at your personal tax rate but you are then given a 15% tax offset, which helps to reduce some of that tax liability. If instead you choose to receive your benefit as a lump sum, then the first $215,000, at least for the 2020-21 financial year, the first $215,000 of any taxable amounts won't attract tax, but then any taxable amount you receive above this will be taxed at 15% plus, of course, the Medicare levy. Um, I guess the tax level will depend on the size of your balance and how much of your super is actually made up of taxable component. Um, But it's also important that we consider the tax not just on the withdrawals themselves, but also the tax that might be payable on any ongoing investment earnings. Can you explain what you mean by that? Yeah, sure. Um, If you take your super as a retirement pension, for example, um, your money remains inside the superannuation system. And while these monies are being used to pay you a pension, any investment earnings that your superannuation assets make are completely tax-free within the super fund uh, which benefits you of course however on the other hand if you take a lump sum the money is leaving the superannuation system so if you then invest the proceeds in your own name any investment earnings that you make on these investment invested amounts will be taxed at your personal tax rate now depending on your other income levels what other sources of income you might have Um, This might result in some personal income tax being payable on these earnings. Is there a limit on how much I can put into a pension? Uh, Yes, there is, Adam. Good question. Um, Particularly when we're talking about retirement pensions, at least there is a limit. Um, The maximum amount that any one person can transfer into retirement pensions is currently set at 1.6 million. Now these rules can become quite complicated. Uh, particularly when you start to consider couples uh, where one of those members of a couple has died, for example. Uh, so it can, be, can get quite complicated. But again, I'll just try to keep things as simple as possible and, and, and cover the main story. Um, if your super balance is below 1.6 million, and for many people that will be the case, you can safely use all of your super money to commence a retirement pension. But if your super balance is above that amount, then you'll only be able to transfer up to 1.6 million into a retirement pension. And you will then need to consider whether you want to leave the rest of your balance inside the super system, where the investment earnings will continue to be taxed at 15%, or whether you want to withdraw it as a lump sum, where the investment earnings will then be taxed at your personal tax rate based on the level of your other taxable income and other income sources. So hopefully that provides a bit of a guide and a a bit of a feel for what can sometimes be a complex set of rules.
0: That's a great explainer, Fabian. Thank you so much for your time once again. It's been great to talk with you. For our listeners, if you'd like further information, please visit amp.com.au forward slash super. And remember, as always, it's important to consider getting expert advice before making any financial decisions.